Welcome to Talent Hub Talk. I am Ben Duncan, and this is a place where prominent and inspirational figures from both the local ANZ and global Salesforce Ohana share their stories. In today's episode, I'm delighted to be joined by Anita Hedges, Social Impact Lead for Merkel in New Zealand. Anita provides insight into her early career, how she came to work with Salesforce, and what she had initially focused on. We then discuss how she came to focus on sustainability before stepping into the Social Impact Lead role and why this was important to her. Anita talks us through Net Zero Cloud, what it is and how it can be used, as well as how she sees the market growing in this space. As part of Anita's sustainability focus, she is also the head of the Sustainability Council at Merkel, so she explains changes the business has made and the impact the changes are having. Finally, Anita talks about the work she gets to do with not-for-profit businesses and the enjoyment she gets from working in the social impact space compared to previous roles. I hope you enjoy the episode, and if you do, please do subscribe for future episodes that are coming through. Anita, thank you so much for joining us. Thanks, Ben. I'm happy to be here. Yeah, I'm excited. We're discussing a topic I've um, I've I've not really gone deep in um, yet, which is uh, the world of net zero cloud. Um, obviously, we'll get into that. But to to set the scene, I guess to give our audience and uh, listeners a bit of information about you, can you tell me a bit more about your earlier career and and how you first ended up working in the Salesforce space? Yeah, absolutely. So I, I'm going to go back right to the beginning when I finished university and started my career. Um, I was working in the UK actually for a US-based software company called Progress Software. My first job was as a telemarketing executive and I was pretty rubbish at, at actually trying to sell anything on the phone. I then eventually graduated into working in, in marketing and um, the organization itself were one of the early adopters of Salesforce. Um, they're one of the, like thinking back to Salesforce's age and the year that it was, it would have been like one of Salesforce's really early customers. And so I had some really awesome early experience with the product um, while I was working for them. And especially when it came to integrating it into marketing automation software. We then moved to New Zealand in 2009 and the Salesforce market here wasn't very big. So I started working as a BA for Meridian Energy down in Christchurch. And then things started to shake. So we lived through all those earthquakes. After the earthquakes, we moved up to Auckland and we had a baby. Um, and then when I returned from maternity leave, I was still doing BA work. However, I, I joined Westpac, um, which was really awesome. And I found that having had that time and that experience doing BA work has been a really solid foundation in my role as a Salesforce consultant. And then moving on from there, around seven years ago, I decided to join Devante as a functional lead. Um, and since then, I've worked on a variety of projects within the Salesforce space. And this has actually been really awesome. And I've loved being exposed to so many different customers, as well as having lots and lots of different problems to solve. Yeah, nice. So your career with Salesforce started in the marketing space, but were you hands-on back in London? Because like, obviously that would be before marketing cloud acquisition. And I'm guessing if you, if it was an early customer, it was just sales cloud. So were you doing any of the configuration on sales cloud back then? I wasn't hugely doing any of the configuration back then, but I did. I was involved in sort of scoping out a bit of a project for inside sales, um, an inside sales team that had been formed in Rotterdam to actually use Salesforce as their platform to start to record their calls. So I recall like all the 
top of my head, digging way back into the archives that we were all built in, um, using tasks and events and trying to kind of get all of that scheduled so that they actually had a, a reasonable workflow to follow. So I, I worked with the, the Salesforce admin who was based in the States to sort of put all of that together. And then I went over and trained the team on how to use it. But um, the marketing automation tool that they were using at the time was um, a tool called the Primo, which was one of the very, very early marketing automation tools and um, quite a special product to get involved with. Yeah, nice, nice. Obviously, now you've moved into this uh, sustainability space, but prior to that, what kind of um, exposure did you have from a Salesforce project perspective when you were with uh, Devante? What what were you kind of exposed to in those days? So a lot of the products uh, or a lot of the Salesforce product suite that I was working on was around sales cards, service cards, communities um, within the service card space, did a lot within um, the sort of work orders, field services type of space. And yeah, like across varying different clients and industries within New Zealand. And um, it's been a really great experience and everyone, like a great learning to actually understand that everyone does things slightly differently. How how um, challenging was it at that point? You went from a BA role um, having at that point not really done a huge amount of configuration on Salesforce um, and, and also not worked in the Salesforce space for a couple of years when you'd gone back in or you'd gone to New Zealand and gone back into that kind of BA role. How difficult was it to make that transition into a functional lead role and, and like be more kind of hands-on with the platform? Um, it was a massively steep learning curve, but at the same time, I had a great support system around me. Initially, the first couple of projects that the company put me into was sort of shadowing another functional lead that was more experienced than me, and, and I just lapped up everything that they had to teach me and um, and learned a lot from them. When I did get onto my first project where I was the functional lead, that was pretty um, pretty frightening and daunting. But um, you quickly settle into it and you realize that actually there are multiple ways to skin a cat and um, trying to work out what the what the best process or, or the Salesforce best practice is in order to do that. Always works really well if you're able to collaborate with colleagues and, and see what the best way forward is. How did the opportunity come up then to move into the sustainability space and what, why did that appeal to you? So I had a couple of, um, a few years ago, I'd been quite unwell and I had quite a lot of surgery that was done on me. And um, as part of that, while I was recovering, I had the opportunity to think a lot. And as part of my thinking, I was like, well, actually, when I do go back to work, um, I don't want to carry on just doing the everyday job that I've been doing. I want my life to make a difference. I didn't know what that difference was going to be. I didn't know what it was. However, once I was back to full strength and back to work, I had my manager said to me, um, can you take a look at sustainability card? And I was like, excuse me, there's a what? Because <laughs> it was still very, 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 very new at the time. And um, I then got stuck into it and looked at it. And the more that I got into it, the more that I learned about sustainability and the product, the more passionate about it I became. And I just, yeah, absolutely grabbed it with both hands. And um, I think that every business should be doing something about sustainability as we've got limited time to limit climate change um, in order to save the species and the planet from the catastrophic events that are going to happen if we don't do anything about it. And you've obviously, um, you're focusing on the Salesforce offering in this space, but more than that, you've also become the head of the sustainability um, council within Merkel. So what, what have you and the business done to find ways to make, I guess, the company and, and things you're doing more sustainable? One of the first things when we first started out with the sustainability council was, well, we didn't know what we didn't know. And one of the great ways to actually understand where we were at was to measure 
where we were at. So one of the first things we did was we put in sustainability cloud, as it was called then, which was before it became that zero cloud. And we did a little proof of concept on ourselves to say, well, actually, this is a, a great baseline, actually understand where our carbon footprint is. And then that helped us to identify the areas in which we needed to improve. One of the key areas that we did identify at the time was that the energy use in one of our buildings was actually way up. So we dug into that further and we realised that outside of office hours, everything was on 100%. So um, that led us to then implement some changes to all the lighting and the air conditioning, setting timers and sensors. And um, within that same time period over, over time, we've seen a 34% reduction in our energy consumption, which is pretty huge. Yeah, wow. Some of the other initiatives that we've actioned have been um, implementing recycling of batteries within our offices and soft plastics. We partner with organizations like Reusable. Reusables are these really awesome circular, circularly designed reusable bowls that people can take when they're heading out to go and grab lunch and they bring it back to the office whilst reducing all, the, all that waste from packaging on, on their takeaway lunches. Another organization that we partnered with is Mebo, um, and they, they're a really cool climate positive organization that help our people get around in a cost effective and a climate positive way. They've got cars that you can literally walk up to, unlock with your app and, um, jump into it and, and it works out more cost effective than taking Ubers. And they're also a climate positive organization. So they offset 120% of your trip and they, they have a whole range of different types of vehicles from fully electric to hybrid and fully like fuel, like really fuel efficient and economical. Yeah, that's that's awesome that you've um, you've taken those steps. I think like the obvious one to me that jumps out is the the lighting, right? Because I remember growing up in London, I'd occasionally drive through and see Canary Wharf in the evening, and you'd see like all of the lights were on, and that was just like accepted back then, right? But now I, I don't know. I've not been in London in a while. I'd hope that's different. But like the thirty four percent, I think you mentioned, is the effect that you've had by making some quite simple changes. And if everyone, every company did that, that would make a significant impact in in energy usage. Yeah, absolutely. And I, I think any little bit that we can do to make a difference, we, we have to do it and we have to make those changes. 100%. So tell me, um, Net Zero Cloud, so obviously you said it started off as Sustainability Cloud, um, now it's Net Zero Cloud. You mentioned how you've been using it as a business, but what are some of the other features, uh, functionality, and who is it for ultimately? So Net Zero Cloud, when it was relaunched, was essentially, let me just go back to a little bit of the history behind the two products. So Sustainability Cloud was built as a managed app um, that you would then install into your Salesforce implementation. And then um, back before NetZero Cloud was launched, they decided that they were actually going to rebuild the whole NetZero Cloud, but they built it as a, they built it as a tier one app within Salesforce, which means that NetZero Cloud is as core to the platform as Sales Cloud and Service Cloud. So it, it's, it's built with that core functionality in mind. NetZero Cloud essentially is a tool that will help organizations to track and proactively manage their carbon footprint. Carbon accounting as a whole requires a huge amount of data and lots of calculations that you need to need to do in order to determine what your carbon footprint is. NetZero Cloud helps take the pain out of this and helps decentralize your data and also to perform those calculations. It's built based off the greenhouse gas protocol, so it follows all of those standards and all of those rules. At Merkle, what we've done is we've taken that product a little bit further and we've developed a couple of really awesome accelerators that can help organizations get up and running and stand up that platform quicker to take some of the pain out of that data management piece. We've got some solutions around that. And then um, the beauty of the platform is that by being able to track your progress, you're able to 
proactively monitor and make tweaks to your carbon footprint as the year goes by instead of having to wait until the end of the year when your data gets audited. I was going to say in terms of the use cases, so obviously when you say auditing, like is that something that's only happening to companies of certain sizes now and is that going to change, do you think? like Will that be a requirement for all companies in the future? Um, depending on the different regulations that do come in, there are organisations that are going to be mandated to actually report on their carbon footprint and to have their carbon footprint verified by third-party organisations such as Toitu who would come in and do that audit for them. There are lots of organizations out there that want to be doing the right thing. So they're already looking at ways that they can reduce their carbon footprint. And to date, one of the ways that they've done it is they've joined one of the Toyshoes programs. For example, actually, Dentsu, we've just become um, a member of their carbon program and we're, we're on the, we've just achieved their carbon reduced certification for our New Zealand business, which is really awesome. So when you're speaking to a customer now, obviously, if they are looking at something like this to make them more efficient and also um, streamline and make it easier to track these things, are they quite often just using spreadsheets at the moment to to assess where they're at? And, and like you said, they're waiting until the end of the year, like getting this data together to create a report. And it's really only looked at typically once a year. Yeah, so typically organisations will be scrambling to kind of get that information together and they'll use spreadsheets in the past. Or actually, even today, there are lots of organisations out there that still do it using spreadsheets. For the more progressive organisations, they might have engaged with another vendor to put in some platform of some kind. But in terms of net zero carbon and the market out there, I've not actually seen a more comprehensive solution that's able to um, capture and manage your carbon footprint as well as net zero is able to do it. And who, who drives this internally with a company? Obviously, at Merkel, you are as the head of um, the, the council. But like when you're engaging with a, a company, when you're implementing sales service, you know, you might be imp- like working with the sales leader, the CIO. But is this kind of falling on the CIO's plate or is it a conversation that's being driven by someone else within the business? No, it's definitely not an IT conversation. A lot of the times it comes through from the CFO because there would have been board commitments that have been made and they have to treat this as bog standard as your financial reporting, like this is just another type of regulatory reporting. Um, there are also organisations that have put in like a head of sustainability or quite often they do put sustainability in with legal counsel and general counsel and sort of in that compliance. So it depends on the organisation um, in terms of where you're likely to find this as such. If an organization's not yet thinking about it, then they're probably not ready ready to start having that conversation. And does a company have to be on the Salesforce platform already to have Net Zero Cloud or can it be a standalone application? It can absolutely be a standalone application. Typically organizations, if if you've already invested in Salesforce, it does make sense to have it on the same platform, but um to get your return on investment. However, there's nothing saying that you can't actually have net zero cloud as a standalone solution to manage all of your climate information. I'm going to ask you to get your crystal ball out here and um, predict the future. But where do you see this market going in terms of the growth and the opportunity and I guess the, the company types that might look to net zero cloud in the future? I think there's a lot of legislation and regulatory pressures that are going to come down the, down the line as governments and, and um, organizations want to actually make an impact in the space. This is going to be a massive driver for change, I believe. Also, consumers are demanding more from organizations. So organizations are going to need to step up and play their part in combating climate change. And if you as an organization aren't doing anything about climate change, that's going to be a huge risk to your business because you're going to start to lose customers. 
also believe in terms of the product and where it's going to evolve to, I think it's going to be, it'll evolve to keep up with the demand. Um, already we've seen that now it's moving towards being an ESG platform, not solely, not solely focused on carbon accounting. The, the other area that you also focus on is um, not-for-profits, right? And now that I know how things kind of, when you were, were unwell and you decided that you wanted to make a real impact and, and now you're managing the social impact space at Merkel, that, that kind of must be a great feeling to actually be achieving something that you set out to when you decided on that. But what does that mean to you as well now to get to value, uh, get to add value and to help not-for-profits on their journey? I absolutely love being able to help not-for-profit organizations with work help to simplify their lives by implementing solutions that are going to help them to simplify their day-to-day operations in terms of what they do, um, which will then give them a lot more time to focus on the important work of their mission um, as as, as a not-for-profit organization. And I think it's always good to be able to kind of give back. And um, I really love working with the non-profit organizations too. Yeah, I was going to say, how does it compare to to back in the day working on like working with sales leaders and CIOs and and people like that to deliver a sales cloud where you're looking to help them get upside on their their revenue and and drive efficiencies with the business and things like that, but ultimately to be more profitable? How does now working in the social impact space compare for you day to day, like the joy you get out of your your work? So I'm definitely in my happy place doing work for good. I love to try to help organisations do the right thing. It's really awesome getting out of bed every day, knowing that I get to make a difference in the world. Salesforce is a toolbox, which has got many different areas that you could deep dive into to get familiar with and very important to know how organizations need to run. However, at the end of the day, I'm a big believer in that you need to do what makes you happy. We spend a massive portion of our lives at work, and if you're not happy doing what you do, it's time for a change. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, I think that's that really rings true. For a lot of people, working in Salesforce makes them happy. But then there's other things outside that if you can combine Salesforce and a passion, then even better, right? Like if you can do something, if you can work in a, an environment that you really enjoy working, where you feel that you're not just adding value on the Salesforce platform, but you're adding value to the world, ultimately, then then that must be the sweet spot. Yeah, I'm really, really lucky and very fortunate to have landed in the place that I am today. And um, yeah, it's been it's been quite a journey to get here, but not one that I don't regret it for a second in terms of everything I've had to go through to bring me to now. And I just want to do good in the world. Yeah, awesome. And I'm glad that you are getting that opportunity to, to do that. And for anyone else that might be listening and, you know, they've heard now more about Net Zero Cloud, they're interested in digging a bit deeper, not necessarily from a customer's perspective, but, but from a Salesforce professional perspective that might think, you know, I'm passionate about sustainability and, and I want to dig deeper into Net Zero Cloud. Is Trailhead the best place to do that? Or are there other platforms or solutions out there that, that people can really get to know more about Net Zero? So if you're a partner, there's a ton of material on Partner Learning Camp, which is extensive. There's also the help documentation, which they do keep up to date, and the developer guide. Those are both great resources in terms of working out the nitty-gritty of how things work. There are also communities within the, like both within the sort of Trailblazer community space as well as within the partner groups that you can join, and those get posted to you on a regular basis. And if anyone that's got questions is always like posting information up there and, and the community is really helpful. I'm also going to give a shout out for our new Trailblazer community that we've just started across ANZ where we have like-minded professionals or individuals that are interested in the space. We meet up. We just had our first meeting last month and the group's called the ANZ Net Zero Cloud Trailblazer Community. So um, yeah, feel free to sign up there and join and um, 
so far we seem to be a, ni- a nice bunch of people that are meeting up. Well, thank you so much. And aside from the Trailblazer group, if there's anyone that has any questions that wants to reach out to you directly, where's the best place to find you? Hit me up on LinkedIn. More than happy to connect with anyone that's interested in the space. Awesome. Well, thank you so much. I've really enjoyed the chat and I, I now understand this space a lot more. So uh, thank you very much. Awesome. Thanks for your time, Ben. So that's a wrap for this week's episode. And thank you very much for listening. I hope you enjoyed the chat. And if you did, please make sure you have subscribed for future episodes that are coming through. I would also be very grateful if you would consider leaving a review on your chosen podcast platform as five-star reviews will help us to reach more trailblazers from across the world. I look forward to sharing another episode with you soon and thanks again.